0: This is the Grind Sell and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Hi, everybody, thanks for joining me on Grind Sell and Elevate. This is Ty Evans. This week I sit down with Oogie, who is the founder of Content Horse. He also is the founder of Podino, which is a podcasting company that helps match shows and guests. And Content Horse is a digital marketing firm. So we talk about his entrepreneurial journey, how he's helping clients in the digital marketing space, but also what he's doing in the, in the podcast space as well. Really great conversation with Ugi. Stay tuned. And if you guys haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast. Really appreciate it. If you could drop me a star review leave me a comment it makes it easier for people to find me tag me on social media at tizer evans on all platforms so i can repost and let everybody know that other people are listening be much appreciated but without further ado here's my conversation with Ugi. all right i'm here with yugi durek on grindstone elevate ugi how are you today
1: yeah i'm doing great feeling very very productive it's a great day here in belgrade so yeah feeling feeling great good and where and where are you ugi in the world uh belgrade serbia
0: oh okay cool awesome i have not talked to anybody from uh serbia yet so you're the first on the show
1: Glad to hear that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for context purposes, Ugi, why don't you explain to everybody, you know, who you are, your background, and what you do?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, my name is Ugi, and CEO and founder of Content Horse, uh, an agency, uh, all-inclusive content marketing agency where we help B two B SaaS businesses to add over five million in their annual recurring revenue through carefully planned and executed content marketing strategies. And besides that, I'm also a founder of Podino.io, another agency where we help business professionals, uh, coaches, and uh, other experts to speak on the best podcasts in their niche.
0: Awesome. So you stay pretty busy.
1: Yeah, pretty
0: busy. Yeah. Okay. Good. So, why don't you talk to us first? You know, I'm always curious with people that are doing multiple ventures, um, a founder of two different companies. You know, um, it's hard, man, and, and your time spread thin. So, talk to us a little bit. How do you balance your time well as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's super hard, uh, especially when you're expecting a baby in the next two months. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everything is about organization and uh, building processes. So. Building processes is what really helps me to uh, get the shit done in, uh, in a record time and before the deadlines. And uh, that's pretty much the best way of doing things. And uh, considering that at some moment, I was also ahead of growth at Lamblist, Uh one great app for sending uh, cold email campaigns. And at the same time, while, while I was working there, I also had my agency, right? So I was working, working full-time at Flemnist and had an agency. And because at that moment I was a sitting on two chairs, I was forced to build processes that pretty much work without me. And uh, yeah, that's my, that's my secret sauce.
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. You know, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that insight and then, uh, or struggle right away with, the delegation aspect, you know, they try to do everything all themselves, and then it, it's it becomes uh, to a point where they get to the burnout, or you know, they have diminishing returns. So that's great. Do you do activity or time blocking as far as your schedule? Kind of say, hey, this next four hours, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, and then these next four hours, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. Uh,
1: yeah. So when it comes to my uh, working schedule, I usually have uh, some days, some days uh, where I only like have meetings uh, or the parts of the day where when I have meetings. So it's usually uh, I like to have different meetings uh, afternoon because Mm. in the morning I'm feeling the most productive. And uh, yeah, usually the mornings are where I do the work, uh, where I do do some amazing things and uh, afternoon are the meetings with uh, staff members, with uh, potential clients, podcasts like this one and so on.
0: Awesome, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, Content Horse. I like the name. That's a good name. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So you help, you know, B2B uh, SaaS-based brands, right, like you had just mentioned. So talk to us a little bit. I'd read on your website how you kind of analyze someone's persona and help them kind of develop, you know, content strategies around their persona. Talk to us a little bit about that process and, and kind of what you look at and you help brands kind of figure out.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, many, many marketeers and many people underestimate the power of customer research. And uh, that's what we found out after like, we we also were those of marketeers, right, who uh, didn't evaluate the power of research. And once we started uh, talking with our clients, staff members, and uh, talking to their customers, uh, we realized that we're missing a lot of things, right. And that's why at the beginning of every collaboration with our client, uh, first thing we do is schedule a meetings with their sales reps, customer support reps, product marketeers, literally almost everyone who has a direct contact, contact with the customers, right? So we go out there, we ask them, hey, what features they use the most? Uh, what features they don't use? Why they come to your products? So what are their like first? Uh, what's their first impression and so on. After we finish this cycle, we go out and speak with their actual customers. Mm. So so we can understand their problems, we can understand the reasons why why they're using uh, our client's products and so on. So that's that's the first step uh, of our process. And uh, the insights from this research allow us to identify great topics identify the pain points and understand what's that one thing that prompts our clients, customers to start using their product. Mm -hmm. And then we build a story around that. Uh, Then we build the the actual strategy, right? Uh, And yeah, after that we start we look, of course, for the keywords, do the keyword research, uh, look for the search intent and so on. So we can like develop a complete strategy, which usually uh, at the beginning of every collaboration, we try to focus on bottom of the funnel content because that one is super easy to rank and brings 10 times more conversions than mid of the funnel or top of the funnel content. Right, So... Uh, Then you like write that bottom of the final content, distribute it. So distribution plays a very important role. Uh, Of course, what kind of distribution uh, you're doing depends on the niche, on the customers, and everything else. We like to distribute content through paid ads, uh, mostly PPC, uh, sometimes uh, Facebook, and uh, Twitter, and LinkedIn, uh, and through communities. So the communities where we can find our clients' target audience. After that, it's all about monitoring uh, traffic, monitoring conversions. If the conversions are low, then we try to optimize it better, and uh, that's pretty much it. If we see that some article needs some uh, push so it can like rank on Google, then we build a couple of links, and that that's pretty much it.
0: Well, it's very it's a very three hundred and sixty approach, which I like. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, when you go out and you, when you're first talking. Uh, that you go and you basically kind of do an interview, right? With all the employees and get their perspective. And then you go out and talk to the customers. Are the um, business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, the founders, the CEOs, are they ever surprised with the feedback that you give them from the employees and the customers?
1: Yeah, uh, usually they are. Uh, I mean, that's, I think that's a curse of every founder, right? So we think that we know everything, but actually, that that's not that's not sometimes the case yeah usually they are
0: um awesome and talk to us a little bit about storytelling you know that's something that you know being in sales i think is a really key attribute you have to be a phenomenal storyteller um one that helps i think you know the branding like you're talking about so talk to us about how you you is there a process to your storytelling or you know and how, how you go about doing that
1: yeah definitely uh, I mean, storytelling, de- storytelling definitely plays an important part. Uh, of course, storytelling is, uh, let's call it like a branch of many different marketing types, right? So, you use storytelling in video marketing, content marketing, uh, social media market- marketing, literally everything, right? Uh, storytelling, st- storytelling of some brand is like very big topic right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We at Content Horse don't work on the entire storytelling phase, right? I mean, we don't manage their social accounts or something like that. So we can't really influence that part. But when it comes to the content and storytelling in general, um, there's like three levels of of each business, right? So when you, it's the same, like when you slice down the, the pitch, right, on the half, mm-hmm. and you see uh, the skin at the top, you see the, the meat, and uh, I need the word in the, in the middle. The nut. Uh, the nut. Yeah, the nut, exactly. And, uh, for example, you have Kodak, right, uh, who, like, uh, went into bankruptcy uh, mm-hmm. 10 years ago or more, and uh, what they were doing, I mean, they said that they are making film right? But actually, that's their end result. But they're actually doing, I mean, if they uh, approach their storytelling in a different way, uh, and say that, for example, we are making people, we are helping people save their memories, right? So that's, right. that's the nut, right? Uh, the meat is, uh, the skin is actually we are making film, right? But the nut is, we are making helping people save the memories. And that's what every business needs needs to have. At Content Horse, for example, our skin is we help you grow over 5 million people, 5, uh, 5 million in annual recurring revenue, with content, right? So we write content and we do content for you. Uh, the meat is we help you grow, we help you get your revenue. And the nut is we wanna influence. SaaS b2b businesses and help them become top leaders in the market right and that's how i think many brands should approach the storytelling phase uh when it comes to the content marketing and storytelling in content marketing everything is about your core value uh proposition right so that's why we also evaluate uh what's that one prompt that uh, make someone use our clients' products. And uh, there is your mission and your vision. And we write content around that. Uh, for example, when it comes to the bottom of the funnel content, uh, for example, we have a client called GetResponse. And uh, recently for them, we wrote an article on the best MailChimp alternative, mm. right? And we positioned, we de- identified, uh, we did a research and found out why people are leaving MailChimp, right? And uh, we used the get response strengths to write them inside the article and build a story around that. Does it make sense what they want to say? Yeah, yeah, no,
0: it makes total sense. I really like the peach analogy, right? I think that makes sense. And a lot of brands, they have a hard time identifying, you know, who they are and really what their story is. But with the compelling story, you know, I always think that it invokes emotion. That's what stories do well, you know, and people don't, they, they buy off emotion and justify with logic, right. You know, they feel, they feel triggered to do something. And then in their mind, like if you've done a great job storytelling, they're like, I'm going to buy those new shoes because I need them, but we know you don't need them. Right. But all, it all comes yeah. down to, 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 great storytelling. Now, one of the things I did, uh, you've mentioned funnels a few times. Are you a huge proponent of, you know, kind of the, the conversion funnels that you see more, you know, I know ClickFunnels is a big company and um, I think uh, uh, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing, a blank on the other one that I, I see often, but is that, is that one that you use or, or do you use a different type of platform? And is that a, is that a frequent strategy you use?
1: Uh, strategy for my agency, for getting uh, leads, or for our clients?
0: Well, both. Yeah,
1: potentially both. both yeah. yeah. So when it comes to the funnels, I have like a very, very unique approach. I like to say, the simpler, the better, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not kind of fan of super complicated sales funnels with like 10 steps each and so right. on. Uh, like I said, the first thing we do for every client is writing bottom of the final content uh, and identifying the bottom of the final keywords. Uh, from the previous example for GetResponse, those keywords are MailChimp alternatives, ClickFunnels alternatives, Clavio alternatives, Aweber alternatives and so on. And by writing just one article, we are able to convert people into trial users right so they haven't probably haven't heard about get response before we wrote that one article it's first on google they read it uh, and those articles are like usually very very honest and objective reviews reviews of like four or best alternatives and through that article we position get response as a great tool uh, we we focus on its uh, strengths, right? So we focused only on the shred, strengths yeah. and the things get response does better than the competitor we are writing an article for. And uh, that's sometimes more than enough for people to schedule a demo or opt in for a free trial or a free package, right? So the simpler, the better. When it comes to some more complex approaches, uh, I don't like, I don't like things uh, in terms of revealed tactic, uh, get like 10-step frame. I I mean, I know these things work, right? But I'm not kind of fan of them. Especially if you're going to sell something to an enterprise agency and you're expecting a deal of like 10K per month, uh, that's not going to work. Right. So when it comes to the funnels, like I said, everything is about your target audience and doing right. the right research at the beginning saves you a ton of time and efforts.
0: So thank you for explaining that. Um, so one of the things that I, I you know, I've always, I like asking people that are in your position, people that are in, in marketing on you know, their own digital marketing agencies is, and you kind of mentioned it, you know, I feel like there's like a, In some ways, it might be just here in the States, but a lot of people don't like to talk about how they pay for traffic. You know, that's always about, oh, how do I find this unicorn organic reach? How do I get into the Explorer feed? And it seems like it's super hard. So, you know, if you're, you're someone who's trying to build your brand, you're trying to get noticed, you know, is it, is it like, Hey man, you just got to pay for it. You got to pay to get the eyeballs on you. Or, you know, do you try to have a strategy around more of an organic feel and organic reach?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, My, because of some circumstances and in my career, I was forced to do uh, with brands who didn't have a lot of budget for promotions and that kind of things. So that forced me to think about the ways how to grow them, how to get more customers as cheaper as we can in terms of spending the money, right? And uh, when it comes to the Google you can, you can rank first without huge budgets. I mean, when I say huge budgets, I mean budgets on the ads, right? So you don't mm-hmm. need to pay for PPC. Of course, uh, if you write some article targeting some keyword and like you need approximately two months to rank, for example, of course you're gonna run PPC ads, right? So you don't need to wait two months to get any traffic and uh, test the conversions. But after you do that, if you do the right way, if you uh, go with the right strategy mindset, you don't need to pay a lot of money uh, to Google, for example, mm-hmm. right? Um, of course, like I said, uh, it's all—it's I mean, uh, always great to invest budget in a great writers, great content strategists, right? Uh, but to Google itself, you just need it for the first months until you run. And you will rank if you have a great uh, mindset and if you create a great strategy.
0: So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe just pay for a couple of months until you get your ranking up to the first page. So I know well, last I had read statistically 92% of people only look at the first page. So if you're not on the first page, you're kind of irrelevant of whatever your niche is, right? Um, but one of the things that I wanted to, to also ask you and talk about a little bit was, you know, how do you start to build an email list? You know, is is there good strategies for that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, email lists, uh, they're like usually for top of the funnel things. So the way we like to approach building email lists and getting subscribers is writing those top of the funnel articles Mm -hmm. and then uh, promoting them on different channels, like PPC, but mostly Facebook or something like that right? And, uh, and of course, distributing uh, articles organically. So when it comes to that, when I say top of the funnel, I mean something like, I don't know, uh, we recently wrote an article on the beginner's guide on the e-commerce influencer marketing, for example. Let's, let's take that, that for example. And uh, it's really hard to rank on Google for that especially if you're like a new brand or something like that. So right? pretty much almost impossible uh, or you need like hundreds and hundreds of links, which is also very hard and very expensive. But how do you get exposure to the article? So the first thing is uh, organic distribution. So that means taking short snippets out of your article. And we like to call that pr- process uh, content uh, refragmenting, right so we have a huge guide from that one guide we can create like 20 smaller content pieces like uh one minute videos uh games uh tweets like uh, we can create five different twitter threads. right we can create linkedin posts literally everything and then using that and posting on relevant places so twitter Facebook communities where your target audience hangs out and so on. Usually what we saw that works best are the visuals. So for example, mm. there's one guy called Harry Dry. Uh, he leads a website, uh, marketingexamples.com. And he grew to over 60,000 emails in like a year and a half or wow. so. Yeah. So pretty amazing. And the only thing he did is repurposing his content so the content he writes on his website to fit different social media channels that's pretty much it if you have budget you can always run uh facebook linkedin twitter campaigns whatever works for you wherever is your target audience and that's pretty much it so you have a great content great top of the funnel content and you have a great opt-in right so the main way, right, to build a email list is having either pop-ups or the forms embedded in your yep. content. And when it comes to that, uh, I see a lot of brands and a lot of people doing a very bad job with the offer, right? So why the heck I would subscribe to your list? What is there for me, right? Mm. And uh, writing something odd like join our Newsletter list or something like that, pretty basic, it's not going to prompt anyone to opt in, right? So you need to be more uh, unique, you need to catch their attention. And for example, something like uh, 52,000 marketeers are getting uh, one new case study each week. That's something that will probably prompt me to opt into that email list, right? So To sum it up, uh, when it comes to growing an email list, everything is about having a great top of the funnel article that's relevant to your subject, uh, refragmenting that same content and repurposing it to fit social media channels and having a great offer and great opt-in. Yeah, no,
0: it's great. It's great advice. Um, Thank you for being so thorough with that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Podino. Yeah, Podino. Podino um so talk to us a little bit about what that company is why you started it and and kind of where you're at and how, how it helps people
1: yeah definitely so podino is an agency uh where we help our clients so coaches business experts uh to grow their brand awareness uh, by speaking on the top podcasts in their niche um why we started it? Well, as a part of Content Horse, we recently, I mean, like eight months ago or so, started offering uh, that service to our clients. Uh, that was a really, really quick revenue boost for us. And uh, after like eight months or so, my partner and I sit down and we thought like, wow, we can we can do this as a separate agency, as a separate service, right? And that's why we started to, uh, that's why we launched Padina. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much straightforward. So we do the entire heavy, lift, heavy lifting for our clients. So we identify uh, the best podcasts in their niche. Uh, we reach out to the podcast hosts and schedule an invite directly into their calendar. So that's pretty much it. The only thing they need to do is to just appear on the podcasts and share their story.
0: Sounds easy enough.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. And we, we, I know because Oogie, Ugi, uh, hooked me up with a guest I'm going to interview tomorrow. Um, so no, it's good. It's a cool service, man. Because I think that's that's what a lot of people they're like, yeah, this podcasting has taken off, and you know, it's a great way to have a, a, you know organic reach talking on somebody else's stage. And so, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs are like, how do I get in touch with the host? Like, what do I do?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, when it comes to the that part, so the best. Thing that works for us is the actual outreach right so outreach is for me it's one of the best ways to achieve something right and if you know how to do it properly you even the sky is not the limit for you and you probably know that you spent over a decade in sales right yeah and yeah. outreach is like super super great way and if you know psychology right uh, then it's very easy to crack that.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. I think it's a it's a great service. I don't think podcasts are going anywhere. It's really interesting. People will tell me they're like, yeah, you know, I've thought about starting a podcast, but there's just so many now. And I'm like, there's less than two million worldwide, and you think about how many YouTube channels there's over 31 million YouTube channels. My like, podcast is just getting started, man. It's it's still it's still a great time to jump in on 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 it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I heard people are talking now when when Clubhouse became so popular, like they are talking podcasts are dead, like Clubhouse is the next big thing. But no, no, man. I mean, uh, if I missed an episode from you, like I can always go out to Spotify and listen to it. right? Right. right. But I can't like listen to a Clubhouse event that I missed. So yeah, podcasts are one of the for me, one of the best ways of becoming a total lender in the market. And yeah, they're definitely not going together anyway.
0: No. Yeah. Clubhouse is interesting. You know, I'm on there and I, and I don't, I don't give it enough attention. I just, you know, my, the time is so strapped being a lot of different ways, going, being pulled a lot of different ways, but, um, I feel like people are just living on there. I'm like, gee, like, cause I see like some guys are just always constantly in there. They're in a different room. I'm like, what are you doing all day? You're just hanging out in clubhouse. It's a cool platform. Cause you get to talk to some people that you normally wouldn't have exposure to, you know, um, organically when you see like Grant Cardone or Elon Musk or people jump on there and you could ask them a question. It's a pretty cool platform. But to your point, if you don't know if they're in what room or how to meet, you know, you don't want to spend uh, 18 hours a day on clubhouse.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs>
0: Um so I'm just curious Ugi, uh before I got a couple more questions for you but like how did you get into this niche like what were you doing before you know this like what spurred you to create content horse
1: yeah so when I was 16 I started my first startup so that was like some uh I was a third grade in high school at that moment and uh, we wanted to be like some platform to easily find the best bars and the restaurants in grade Long story short, one one and a half years uh, after that, we failed with zero dollars earned. Right, so we haven't made any money. We decided to quit. That's it. But it was a really really great uh, learning experience. So mm. we learned a lot. Uh, of course, I almost got kicked off of my high school because like I missed five hundred or so classes. But uh, yeah, that's. Was- great learning experience and after that I started freelancing so I went I stepped into the digital marketing niche and the first thing I was doing is actually uh, helping uh, local restaurants with their social media marketing Mm. Uh, and I had like five or six really great Belgrade restaurants at that time and uh, It was going well, pretty well, until one day I got uh, a Facebook message from one SaaS CEO asking me to write content for him. And I never actually wrote any piece of article before, especially not in English, right? Right. But he was offering me like 30 bucks per article. And in total, he would like pay me $300 per month. And that's like, and very average Serbian salary. Mm. Uh, So that was like very, very big money for me at that time. And I said, yeah, I'm going for it. I'm taking Mm -hmm. the deal and I'm going to do how to do it later. So that's how I stepped into the content marketing sphere. I started writing, I started learning. I got some mentors Mm -hmm. who later became my clients as well. And after a year or so, I joined Lamblist as a head of content marketing. And there, I helped them to grow from like 100K annual recurring revenue to almost 3 million in one year, which is a pretty, pretty great growth. And, uh, but the thing was, when I started working with Lamlist, like I mentioned earlier, I also started getting freelance clients, right? So I was forced to hire a lot of freelancers by myself and like manage that part. That's also where I try. uh, Uh, started experimenting with different podcast uh, processes and so on Uh, and on the other side I was working with LAMLIST but a year uh, after I joined LAMLIST it was like impossible to sit on two charts anymore like so we were getting like uh, three or four clients each month Uh, it was really really hard so I was forced to step back as the head of content at LAMLIST and join full time in my agency and that's how I actually like Stepped into the SaaS space and the content marketing space. Long story short, now I am 21 years old. So five years uh, in entrepreneurship and uh, yeah, doing really great work for SaaS B2B. You're like 21? Yeah, 21.
0: Oh, Jesus, dude. You're you're... (laughs) just... Man, it's that beard. You got a man's beard on you. Um, (laughs) um, No, that's great, dude. Congrats to you. I mean, a lot of people that uh, they're as young as you don't have the intellect and the foresight to build something so young. So uh, congratulations. I mean, I knew I was older than you, but (laughs) – Man, that, caught, that caught me off guard a little bit. Um, you know, Ugi, do you have any books? I was asked this, you know, it's one of my last few questions. Do you have any books that have been influential to you that have helped you either personally or professionally?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, when, I, when I read books, I set the mindset that perhaps every book that I read is going to bring me a million dollars. And uh, I read a lot of books and uh, listen to a lot of podcasts, subscribe to a lot of communities. Uh, Lately, uh, I like reduce the amount of books that I read because I focused more on the paid communities by a lot of creators such as Dave Gerhard, uh, John Bernini, and so on. But when it comes to the books, uh, one of the best books, I mean, the best books for setting the right mindset, I think is... Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. I mean, like almost everyone read it, but it's the one that changed my mind. I mean, really, really great book. And uh, some of the books that I uh, read recently were uh, Crossing the Chasm about positioning yourself, positioning the brand and so on. And uh, I started reading a lot of books about sales. So Predictable Revenue is a really great one. And yeah, those are the first that come to my mind right now.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, Rich Dad, Poor Dad's a You're right. It's a, it's a classic, but it's one that everybody yeah. needs. To, it's one that everybody needs. It's kind of like Think and Grow Rich. You know, it's one that everyone should read. Um, and Ugi, uh, where can people connect with you, find you, find your content, find your uh, agencies?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Content Horse, the website is www.contenthorse.com. Uh, When it comes to the Podino, the website is just podino.io. They can connect me on my email. So if you have any questions about content marketing, podcasts, or literally everything, you need some help with growth, they can reach out to me on ugi.contenthorse.com. And uh, they can follow me on Twitter. So I was like a bit inactive there, but now I'm starting to... Uh, write some really, really great things there. So my Twitter nickname is Ugi Juric. Uh, so U-G-A-D-J-U-R-E-C. And uh, yeah, my LinkedIn profile as well. Although it's a little bit nasty right now, have a lot of things there. But yeah, going to uh, fix it and clean it up a little bit.
0: So Good. Well, I, for everyone listening, I will post all of Ugi's uh, content Um information below in the show notes so you can just go right down hit his website if you're looking to you know need help getting on more podcasts or you're looking if you're a sas company or just probably a company in general i don't think he would be opposed to helping anybody
1: um yeah and one more thing i am yeah. uh, more than able to offer to your audience so if anyone want to collaborate with us either on podino or content horse uh just let me know that you came uh through tizer Evans podcasts and i will be more than ready to give you 10 percent for the first three months off.
0: oh thanks man i appreciate that so yeah i really appreciate that i'll put that in the in the notes as well um and ugi thank you so much for your insight uh, best of luck to you i know you're going to do big things help a lot of people and please make sure to connect with him and uh, interact with him he'll definitely help you um wise young man and i appreciate your time ugi
1: Yeah, thank you very much, Tizer. It was a really great speech.